Good afternoon. Today is the 15th day of January 2016, and we are with uh, Alok and <coughs> Sri Aurobindo's poetry, the new session on Ahana. So you're skipping ahead a little bit and yes. give some preview. Yes. So we see the uh, voices of the hunters of joy who are greeting Ahana and want Ahana to come down and fulfill them. So essentially Ahana is the dawn of God which fulfills all our seekings and longings. But before we can reach that high point, we have to navigate through all the circuits of our mind which throws various propositions about what we are, who we are, what the world is. And we have to find that vantage point from where we can invoke. So that's what we see here. There are different propositions which are being proposed. And one such proposition was that it's nothing but atoms whirling in space blindly. So last time we read this line, very powerful. Only a trick of the atom, it's marvelous, magical wonder. All the magnificent planning, all the inquiry and wonder, only a trick of the atom, it's marvelous, magical blunder. Blunder. Yes. <laughs> so, and then we ended with these two lines. Who can believe it? Something or someone, a force or a spirit, conscious, creative, wonderful, shaped out a world to inherit. So, force or a spirit. So, we have the next proposition is that it's a force, a blind mechanical force. It's not just matter, but an energy, an inconscient energy. And the scientists have used the word nature. So, nature is another term like, you know, uh, chance. So, chance is something which we just don't know. It's, true. it's a word which neatly covers our ignorance. So nature also deeply covers our ignorance because you can say everything is nature. But what nature is, yes. we don't know. Only when we probe deeper, then we discover that or rather we, we may propose that it's an inconscient energy. Then again the question comes, if it is inconscient, how come it has created conscious sentient beings in this universe? So this is what goes on over the next few lines. And I'll just read a little bit of that and then we'll go on to the next page. Now I'm at page 527 here in the book. All things she knows, though she seems here unseen, even in her slumber. So this is again, Shobindo is revealing to us that if you say that nature is unconscious, blind, mechanical, then how is it that it, you know, manifests as sure instinct in the animal? The seed will grow into a tree, the same tree of which the seed is. Why there are no accidents on the step? Every time you combine a certain substance, you will have, let's say, water with the same properties. So why it is so? So here he is taking that truth further. All things she knows, though she seems here unseen, even in her slumber, wondrous her works are, design and its magic and magic of number. So, you know, everything here is so wonderful with 
even the designs, the patterns, there is a way to explain this whole world on the basis of geometry. There is a whole branch called sacred geometry, where you see that how the numbers repeat themselves, how patterns repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in chaos, you can study the patterns and discover it. And sometimes these patterns are so intricate. I mean, the very simple thing is like if you see an atom and the solar system and how they are on a similar plan. There is a core center and there is, you know, uh, objects whirling around it. So even in the cell, you have the same plan. You have a nucleus at the center and all other things are arranged around it. There is a core in the universe and everything else organizes itself around it. So the same pattern repeats itself. And we know how, you know, numbers have always been sacred, at least even in the human body, uh, you can play with numbers. Like, for instance, everybody's um, height will be so many times his hand's length. It's anybody. You can try it. Center will always be here in the center of the chest. Electrically, this is a neutral point. This is the basis of ECG that we take. So if you stress the hands and the feet, it forms a triangle. And at the center is the electrical neutral point, which is so symbolic because this is the point where as Shubhinda says, the point of the soul. So everything, in even in the human body, which is the closest to us, we can see things are arranged according to a logic. And if we decipher the logic, or rather if we decipher the magic, then we discover the logic behind it. Mm. And nature is full of wonders, at least in the human body when we studied it. It's amazing, you know. Can we imagine that we have a 28 feet long intestine in this small little portion, how nature has packed it. And it's amazing how nothing goes wrong really. <laughs> I mean, we, most of us will manage to live a whole life. And all this designed with a purpose. It's not just some accident or randomness. It has to go through that passage for a certain purpose. For me, flowers and the Fibonacci yes, numbers have yes. been very interesting. Very interesting. But I did want to ask you, maybe it's off topic a bit, but... I wanted to ask you to say something about when mother was counting the flowers. Yes. Could you? Yes, that was in 58. And she knew this conscious play of nature. That nature is conscious. This is one of the basic differences of propositions. According to science, it's nature, but nature itself is mechanical unconscious. But the mother and Shubindo saw nature as a conscious power. So, in 1958, nature consented to collaborate. There is a famous message of the mother right. where she says that, Oh material mother, you have consented to collaborate. And there is no end to the possibilities. So she explains that message. She says, prior to that, nature was, you know, saying, why do you want to bring in a new element? Okay, one day it will come. I am enjoying my play. It will take me thousands of years, millions of years. I am playing. It's like little children. They don't want to, you know, leave their play and graduate to a higher level of game. They're very happy with that. So what the mother did, instead of forcing her, she identified with nature. And she says, I started playing with nature. I started experiencing what nature experiences. And in that process, she introduces a new element into it. And as nature slowly begins to play the play, She discovered this new element is only making me more and more beautiful and more and more fuller, completer, more rich. 
it's not rejecting me it's not saying no stop this play and play another it's making this very play very interesting so she accepted and that was the possibility of evolution so after that packed with nature many things started and one of them was that mother would ask the disciples to count the flowers the leaves that will come everything the fruits and someone asked mother mother why are you asking us to count it's a tedious thing sometimes at night 12 o'clock <laughs> and if a sadhika showed a disinterest mother would herself begin to count so you know you can't <laughs> she has shown the perfect way to leadership so then you know the sadhika would count so one day one of these sadhika it was pretty late in the night and said mother is it really necessary why do you ask us to count and mother say you know it is my pact with material nature so i want to see whether she is really uh, playing her role well or simply she has made a pact and after that forgotten about it ah. so this was the pact and she would communicate to nature yes this is how you gave me and i am grateful or whatever and then she would give more and more and abundant so this is how everything in fact it it opens doors to many kinds of things money for instance the people who are very careless about it they don't know how money comes how it goes but if you make a pact you know with it you respect the money force that comes to you it may be a small amount you calculate it you offer it then slowly it begins to multiply because you know you form a pact with the world of you know wealth so this is how she went about even for money she used to do that and and modern law did it with money for the matrimony yes. to build it and he once asked me could you get me all the references to ganesh yes. in in uh, published in, a small in, book in the agenda yes yeah. so for everything when we respect nature nature collaborates with us and more so now because nature has accepted the new element there are many repercussions of it which some other time we will talk about but here he is talking about what this nature is all things she knows though she seems here unseen it looks as if nature is mechanical unconscious but all things she knows even in her slumber wondrous her works are designed and its magic and magic of number plan of her mighty cosmic geometry balance of forces universe flung beyond universe love the stars and their courses you know uh, sometimes is very beautiful nowadays they have pictures of the different constellations it's amazing you know some of these pictures looks like you know you are actually witnessing a cosmic being with uh, you know eyes and different features and how nature is created all this pattern of colors and and what magnitude from the atom or subatomic particles to the galaxies drifting in space and to imagine all this nothing but you know a play of unconscious uh, force cosmos atomic stressed to the scale of the infinite measure <laughs> this what mute in the trance of the eternal she sleeps with the stone and the azure now she awakes for life has just stirred in her stretching first blindly outward for sense and its pleasure and pain and the gifts of the kindly so then slowly it begins to awake so she has slept in the stone she begins to awake and begins to stretch out you know like somebody wakes up and stretches the limbs when nature 
begins to become awake and stretches the limbs, uh, what is born are the first life forms on earth. So they begin to stretch themselves, flow, breathe. So what a wonderful way of looking at nature as a, um, from the point of view of oneness. Incidentally, there is another poem of Shirobindo, it's a poem in Bengali on matter. And at the end of the poem, he says, you know, I was looking at the landscape, desolate, mountain. I was wondering why this all this wasteland is created, for whose sake? Who has created it? And suddenly he gets transported into another state of consciousness where the landscape vanishes and he sees that a boy and a girl are at play, embracing each other and in delight. He said, long back he has written this uh, poem when he was in, you know, before Pondicherry. And he discovers that it's a play of Prakriti and Purusha. That's all it is. So now he is defining the play of Prakriti for whose sake she is doing it. So that will also come. And he, he reveals to us the entire evolutionary journey. And at the end of it, on next page, where you know we were planning to start, out of him rather she came, and for him are her cry and her labor. So this is the great discovery mm. that man makes, that we ignorantly believe that nature is meant to serve us, our ego. Us means the ego. And we devour her. We manipulate her. And she hits back because she is not here to serve our egos. It is here only to serve the Lord. This is a simple, profound truth. And if we keep that at the center, many problems of life will get sorted out. So here we have, Out of him rather she came, and for him are her cry and her labor. So when we see the tiger and the deer. She is staging a play for the Lord, who is the witness, who is the sole enjoyer. Whoever loses or wins, whoever dies or is alive, the Lord takes that back into himself. That's the play, eternal play. It needs a very vast vision. Deep are her roots in him. Topless she climbs to his greatness a neighbor. This, of course, is, you know, those who are dualistic, they believe that nature is separate and God is separate. This thought has also been there. But Shurabindo says, no, nature is a manifestation of the divine. It has emerged from the divine. And this line is straight, as if, you know, it reminds one of a line in Ishupnishad, where a similar uh, thought is given by Rishi Yagnavalk that in his self he has established the waters. The waters are the nature which is going to flow out. So within himself he has established it. So nature is sacred because it emerges from the sacred. Frankly, if it is something unconnected with the divine, then there is nothing sacred about it and one can go rampaging it. But it doesn't allow because its lord and master is there. All is himself in her, brooding in darkness, Mounting the sunways, air flight to him is man's journey with heaven and earth for the runways. What a line! All of him is in her. Even in the darkest of darkness, he is there. Wherever nature is, he is there. And nobody can therefore escape nature because he is there 
in the least of atoms in the electron he is there now comes this powerful lines he is the witness and doer he is the loved and the lover so when he takes the position of nature he loves and when he takes the position of his own witness self he is the lover so loved and the lover or rather vice versa he the eternal truth that we look in ourselves to discover all is his travel in time it is he who turns history's pages what a powerful and the beauty mm. of shirbindo's writings are they suddenly take you to a vastness which you can't experience even if you are watching the stars at night look at imagine you know the divine is sitting there and writing history or asking nature to write and then nature is writing and showing to him and he reads it and says well well written but something better turns the page and a new era starts which will last through thousands of years <laughs> that's how it is you know pralaya and hmm. once again all is his all is his travel in time it is he who turns history's pages act and event and result are the trail that he leaves through the ages form and idea are his signs and number and sound are his symbols music and singing the word and its rhythm are divinity's symbols the musical instrument so everything the, that's why we see a music in everything even in atoms in stone there is music and you know one can bring it out and everywhere in the drifting of the space they recently captured even the music of the sun yes i've i've been listening to it <laughs> and also of space they yeah they humming sound it 500 yes. times or something yeah, you have to do it otherwise you yes. can't and then you see a gentle <clears throat> humming you know which is almost intoxicating almost om yeah almost <laughs> om even without that it's very intoxicating even if you leave the Om part of it, it you know, like draws you. It's like almost like waters are rolling down gently through some, God knows, from where. So you know this everywhere in everything, and this is only man's play. What really that music would be, we don't know. We have just begun to little bit awaken to it. Thunder and thunder and surge. are the drums of his marching hmm. how beautiful you know they used to be as when we were children so when there was lightning children sometimes get scared so we used to be told no 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 you know what it is what it is god is clicking our photograph <laughs> so it was a very beautiful way to feel ah god is clicking our photo so instead of scare you know you god and say okay if god is clicking a photograph now imagine if there is thunder we get scared oh drums of his marching tsunami kali advancing her hairs vast wide open this is actually a a poem of shirbindo that the mother is awake and he talks about kali waking up from the middle of the night and she is waking up everybody wake up wake up hurry up to life and she she sees that mighty vision this is the i we need and that is oneness not this kind of you know divided vision that this is this that is that look at this thunder and surge are the drums of his marching through us with urges self word form bound mute motionless 
slowly inevitably emerges vast as the cosmos minute as the atom the spirit eternal from the infinitesimal to the infinite it can play it plays with itself often the gusts of his force illumining moments diurnal flame into speech and idea transcendences splendid and subtle suddenly shoot through the weft of our looms from a magical shuttle where do thoughts come from thoughts that suddenly illumine dark corners of the brain and we are surprised that where did they come from really where is their origin nothing that we had read nothing that we had thought and suddenly they come in like a lightning flash into the sky hidden in our hearts is his glory the spirit works in our members silence is he with our voices he speaks in our thoughts he remembers deep in our being inhabits the voiceless invisible teacher parts of his godhead we live the creator dwells in the creature beautiful beautiful so this is the you know shobindo vedanta where there is utter oneness between the divine and nature and the divine and nature extend themselves into countless forms and if we can see that that itself will change entirely our way of dealing with life and understanding it right now we have a very divided vision where everything is separate 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 but oneness that's what shubindu says and that will be the basis of a future life out of his void we arise to a mighty and shining existence out of inconscience tearing the black masks giant resistance waves of his consciousness well from him into these bodies in nature forms are put round him his oneness divided by mind's nomenclature this is the problem mind has created these divisions see at the level of the beast and animal when the mind is not there this is spontaneous oneness the moment mind comes it must define describe everything and thereby it creates sharp boundaries i often take a you know dig at this that teachers think that they are teaching but actually teachers are learning and the students are teaching them doctors think that they are healing but very often the patients heal them in many ways more than one you know doctors it it's a great thing to live with this illusion that you are helpful to someone and this heals mm. you at many levels so every patient who comes and goes back healed has also healed something within you every patient who comes also reveals something about yourself jung used to say this that there is nothing like a meaning meaningless coincidence they are all meaningful and when a client comes to you the word used was client mm-hmm. he also comes to reveal something to you about yourself very interesting so you know it's it's a kind of oneness yeah. in which we can live high on the summits of being ponders immobile and single penetrates atom and cell 
as the tide drenches sand green and shingle oneness unknown to us dwells in these millions of figures and faces wars with itself in our battles loves in our clinging embraces so there are no two who are warring and loving this one who for the joy of it playing now at height seems to war now at seeks seems to love and embrace his wrestle to is an embrace now few lines below after this the voices cry out mm-hmm. enter the splendor that broods now unseen on us deity invading sight without error light without shadow beauty unfading infinite largeness rapture eternal love none can sever life not this death play but a power god driven and blissful forever this is the cry of the voices to ana come fulfill us we want light without error without darkness we want knowledge without error we mm. want bliss that doesn't fade love that does not get severed with time that's what we want but there is a resistance in the heart of things and strangely the resistance is now coming not from ignorance but from a dubious wisdom there is a wisdom which or rather there is an ignorance which cloaks itself in wisdom and in savitri and of course ish upanishad this is mentioned that they are ignorant who live only in multiplicity but they too are ignorant who live only in go into the one and they don't understand this multiplicity so these are the wise ones who have seen something beyond but for nature they have fixed a limit nature can't change all creatures in nature are connected with a certain kind of chain and you can't change it because this is also a philosophy very spiritual philosophy and uh, very convincing to many basically it convinces the lazy people <laughs> because <laughs> why make an effort to change it's much simpler to see god within and say bhaj govinda why should i make an effort to change that's taxing that's why shobindo's yoga is so taxing as long as it is seeking the divine within it is wonderful everything happens so fast but when it comes to change of nature that's where the resistance comes and when you spoke of the multiplicity i'd like to share something with yes. everyone my last darshan of mother uh, when she's not in her body this recently I seem to be standing on the edge of the world with her and suddenly she's waving her hand to me and showing me all the all the galaxies and all the worlds and she says to me I have shown you the diversity that you may realize the unity wow wonderful amazing this almost you know hair raising the diversity so that we may realize the unity and what has to go through that that's the jigsaw pieces of the puzzle but we have a voice that says no no cry the voice who is saying no because they are invoking now ahana to come and change give a sight without error 
light without darkness, bliss forever, love that cannot be severed here on earth. But there are voices upon earth which deny it. No, cry the voice, for a circle was traced, there was piloned a limit. Only we escape through dreams, thin passages, none can disclaim it. All things created are made by their borders, sketched on and coded, sketched out and coded. Vain is the passion to divinize manhood, humanize Godhead. So basically, these are the voices which we've been hearing. And in Savitri. Yes, <laughs> in Savitri, death speaks these things. And, uh, you know, we hear them also on some spiritual channels. <laughs> <laughs> This all, this is Maya. You yeah. can't change things. This will go on. Yeah. That is how creation is. By limits. It's a magic circle. Man is man because nature has created man. Otherwise, he would not be man. He would be something else. Yes. But if you are in the circle, you can't hope to change it. You can escape from it. You can either be animal or a man or a god. But God has always been at once God and man and beast and stone. So we too can divinize manhood and humanize Godhead. Look at this wonderful line. None can exceed himself, even to find oneself hard for our searches. Only we see as in night by luster of flickering torches. To be content with our measure, our space is the law for living all of thyself to thy manhood and nature and circumstance giving. So this is another philosophy of life. Don't try to change nature. Don't try to transform nature or divinize nature. You have been given a limits. Live within that limit. Content to be what you are set by nature. But within that give yourself fully. It's a very attracting philosophy also. Hmm? Yes, because you know it says... All of thyself to thy manhood and nature and circumstance giving. So whatever nature has created you, whatever circumstances in, are there in life, give yourself fully to that, all your manhood. Give it to that. But don't try to exceed, don't try to change. But beauty is that world is always advanced through these changes. You know, it's, uh, it's surprising, you know, Buddhist, not Buddha. Buddha's message was a message of transformation. Mother speaks about it, but some other time. But how Buddha is understood as only a person who showed a door to escape and not of change. But look in Buddha's life. If Buddha lived by his nature, he should have remained a king, Sakya king, mm. and been happy with the kingdom, governed it nobly. Because, you know, he was a noble being, very sattvic. But Buddha himself exceeded and transcended. And by doing so, underwent a Remarkable transformation in his yes. own being. But his message has been so much misunderstood. Mother speaks about yes. it in prayers and meditation. And later on, even Buddha, there is a poem to that. So very often when Shobindra and the mother use the word Buddha, they are Buddha's philosophy, they are referring to how Buddhism has represented it. Not what originally Buddha conceived, who is mighty. And he definitely showed one, one big change that is possible in human nature. But later on we only remained stuck there and made nirvana as the beginning and end. And the world as illusion. In the world as illusion. Yeah. 
बी वॉट दाउ मस्ट बी और बी वॉट दाउ कैंस्ट बी वन आवर इन एन एरा दिस ऑल दैट इज गिवेन टू अस सो देर यू बी वॉट एवर नेचर इज मेड यू लिव फुल्ली लिव बाई नेचर लिव बाई योर ओन ट्रूथ दैट्स इट दैट द एंड ऑफ द स्टोरी इवन द गीता पॉइंट टूवर्ड्स दैट स्वधर्मा एट द एंड इट से लिव बाई योर नेचर बट एट द एंड ऑफ द गीता यू सी ए क्रिप्टिक क्लोज even though it bids arjuna to live by his nature true nature not the you know uh, swadharma which is the true nature but at the end the gita closes on a very cryptic note sarv dharman parityacha and the gita is not talking just about some other dharma you forget who you are what you are and surrender yourself entirely to me in my own hands and shurbindo in in you know uh, yogic sadhan he writes where the gita ends you start there you start by surrendering your swadharma to the divine it's very difficult in the ashram you know it's a big challenge because when people come they believe they are meant to do this and yes it's right they are cut out to do certain things but you are put into something which you are not at all cut out for and you can either crib and complain yeah. or you can take it as a big challenge and take a leap and i know people who took leap when there was this uh, jayanti bhai who who is no more now and uh, not not jayanti bhai of the archives but another person whom the mother gave the work of teaching french and he said mother i don't know french yes. and you want me to yes, teach yes, french yes, yes, <laughs> yeah he said yes i want you to teach french so he learned french and he taught french and became a very loved and endeared teacher oh, yeah. this is lilu and yes, and that's uh, right. money man's that's brother right, brother yeah. yeah he told me himself and it was so amazing and there's so many stories of this kind yeah. where people were given a task which was apparently even otherwise not in tune with even their swadharma albert told me this yes ha huh? if maybe yeah, you can share it yeah he said uh, i came to mother and i said mother i don't want to have anything to do with yoga i just want to serve you and mother said okay you'll be my tailor he said mother I've, i've never done any tailoring i don't know <laughs> till today he's been making the shorts and the shirts for the students so you know this nature live by nature of course there is an ignorant way of living by nature is live by your surface nature another is live by your true nature but even true nature is within the ambit of the lower nature hmm though it's a soul expression mm. in law it's the best you can do in your nature it's the full pouring of your manhood into nature but what shurbindo is giving us is something else something yet greater and that requires sarva dharman parityajya mamikam shanam raja shurbindo say there are three places where krishna knocks at the gates of the supermind and this is one of those places uh-huh. one is when he says avyakto ham vyakto ham i am the manifest and i am the unmanifest this consciousness is possible only in the supermind that i am the unmanifest divine as well as the manifest divine so he almost gives a hint that i am going to come as shurbindo <laughs> yes yes <laughs> without giving the name so this is the these are the hints another place where he says the greatest of yogis are those who strive to conquer old age and death and the whole passage comes to a cryptic close he never gives a way probably realizes to use you know play with him 
Krishna plays with us, we can play with him, that he must have realized I have gone beyond my brief. <laughs> I have to say this. Yes. <laughs> Three thousand, four thousand years later, what have I done? People will be totally <laughs> jinxed. The greatest of yogis are they who strive to conquer old age and death. What is Krishna saying? And his even passing, he gives a hint because you know he is killed seemingly by a, a, you know the the arrow of a tribal whose name is Jara. Jara literally means old age. Uh. Something which he would still conquer because he is the youthful god. You know, Krishna till the end, you see his exploits, he looks like a youthful god. Even till the end. But where does Jara enter from? From his soul, the subconscious nature, which has a grip on our mortality. No, this body has to go through old age. He says, okay, I have to go, but I leave my relics here. That's how the temple of Jagannath. So he says, it's not your fault, but I am giving you, consume my body and you are the one who will be the custodian of these relics. So Jagannath Puri, Sri Krishna's relics are there. So you, you be the custodian and you transmit it. So this tribe has been doing that through ages. He did not give his relics to anyone, but to this person. Now what is this significance of giving his relics to Jara. Though I am succumbing to old age, but something of my consciousness has gone into it. And one day, I will return and conquer it. So, I mean, that's how I have looked yes. at this story. Yeah, yes. So, you know, few more lines we'll read. <clears throat> Knowing the truth of thy days, shun the light of ideal and shimra, Curb heart's impatience, bind thy desires down, pause from self-vexing. Who is the nomad then? Who is the seeker, the gambler risking? All for a dream in a dream, the old and the sure and the stable, flung as a stake for a prize that was never yet laid on the table. This used to be my question as a youngster. Is it you, you know, Reading philosophy is ultimately nirvana and salvation, which is a formless state of existence, impersonal. So I used to raise this question then, why do I feel the urge to worship something which is beyond? So I had written long time back as a you know adolescent, even a Hindi poem on this, that where does this urge come from? And here, you know, Shubhinda says, then who is the dreamer who dreams us things? This ideal which you say is Shimira. Where does the dream come from if it is non-existent? It has to exist somewhere, this truth. Otherwise it would not even flash into man's mind. So, you know, Of course Kant has given a similar logic that whatever you imagine or dream does exist somewhere. So you know straight hits it. That you call me that it's a madness and a Shimira. But then tell me, where does it come from? If it is not from within nature, you are saying that nature. So the reconciling truth is that as long as you are not meant to exceed nature, nature will keep you bound in limited thoughts that no, 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 you can't exceed me. But when nature herself wants you to exceed her and master her, it brings in another dimension. Oh, I can exceed nature. And when nature is ready for change, it brings it another thought 
that I can transform nature. She is like a wise mother uh-huh. who step by step yes. gives you. Yes. So if it has come, that means she is ready. So that's why Shobindo has used a very interesting word for yoga. Call. And he kept it, you know, in this yoga there is no initiation. Formal. Call. Yeah. Now call is from where? Who, who is calling? What is, you know, many people get <laughs> mentalized. <laughs> the moment you have a call means the possibility is already at some plane been realized, manifested and kept ready. And he says that. Yes. yes. He who chooses the infinite has been chosen, chosen by, by the infinite. infinite. Yes. Therefore now the call is to realize what has already been at another plane realized for you. And it gives so much hope for you know our journey. Yes. That you know, <laughs> we have to just receive it. it may, we may have to strive, struggle, who knows for whatever time. But it has been already marked out. That's why nature in us seeks that. Just two, three lines and then we will stop. All, Always the world is expanding and growing from minute to minute, playing the march of the adventure of time with our lives for our spinet. Maya or nature? The wonderful mother strikes out surprising Strains of the spirit disprisoned, creation heavenward rising. Slowly, slowly some music escapes, disprisoned. In last two lines, wrestles with time and space and the unknown to give form to the formless. All creation comes by giving form to the formless, that which is within. And there is an urge to exceed space and time. And last line, bliss is her goal, but her road is through whirlwind and death blast and storm rays. So this is the goal of nature, leading us to bliss.